And then when Catherine O'Hara mm-hmm. asked where the bathroom is, that you put her up in the utility closet. <laughs> That's that right. oh, yes. was Ed's finest work. Oh, it was. <laughs> Hello, I am Ed Begley Jr., and I'm willing to do anything to help the planet. And I love taking public transportation for just about any journey around L.A. I'll even ride my bike to power a toaster oven. And of course, I love my wife. And I'm Rochelle Carson Begley. I haven't touched a bike since, well, it's been a while. I'm a bit of a reluctant environmentalist. However, I do love Ed. This week, we're joined by our wonderful friends, Fred and Mary Willard, to discuss show business, living together as two artists. Hey there, folks. You're listening to another episode of Begley S. Before we jump in today's chat with a very dear couple, we want to answer one of the questions you posted. On Facebook, Melissa wrote, I can't believe it's five years since I visited your garden. Such a lovely place. Where are you? What? What what are you growing in your garden this fall? And she linked a photo on Instagram. What a great picture. Look at that picture, honey. I've got a great garden. I was just telling dear Fred Willard and Mary about the structure of my soil, though. I've got to put more actual dirt. I have all this wonderful organic potting soil and compost that I made. But where's the dirt? The structure of the soil is not right. I've got to put some dirt that'll have clay, a bit of clay in it that will hold the moisture. So that's my I'm response. Sure Mary's eyes are rolling in the back of her head. No, right she, the, she's a gardener. She wants to know that. And you've got to have the structure of your soil right. I tried it differently for the first time in this location. Didn't work. You've got to have soil. I agree. Soil's important. So what activities do you have in store? Tell us what you plan on growing, cooking, cleaning, conserving. We always love to hear from you good folks. And you can contact us on uh, Twitter or Facebook at Begleyesque or email at Begleyesque at gmail.com. It's good to be here with our guests coming up, Fred and Mary. But before we get to these wonderful guests, we need to talk about what's going on in the world. There's so much going on. It's, there's so much. It's like every, it's scary to even turn on the TV or listen to the radio these days. But first, I want to direct people who want to do something about, let's say, Puerto Rico. I mean, okay, they need so help. Okay, so let's just say what's been happening, obviously. We've had numerous hurricanes, the worst being of, in Puerto Rico that's devastated Puerto Rico. We, we've had hurricanes for many, many years, but never so many and never this strong. Right. And many people who know about such matters as climate change believe that it's related. The severity and the frequency. Because so, of the warming of the ocean. It's correct. just makes, it's science. It's, yeah, that's basic hurricane right. science is hurricanes gain, you know, their strength over warm ocean waters. And there's more of that now. So it, it naturally follows that that's the case. And people with a degree of PhD after the name feel that way. Many people like Michael Mann and many other people that yes. I greatly respect. So that's something. But if you want to do something now, UNICEF Puerto Rico, just contact UNICEF. There's many other wonderful groups. And we want to hear from you, other groups that you support that are helping the folks in Puerto Rico. But UNICEF does a wonderful job. And we and that, can't forget Texas. What was it, six weeks ago or something? And Florida, too. I know. I gave money for each of those incidents. Of course, we all did, but continue to help those good folks. And those small Caribbean islands that are just annihilated. Yeah. St. Croix and Antigua. When you talk about rebuilding in some of these places, certainly Puerto Rico, Elon Musk has offered to give his incredible expertise to go and rebuild it, not with more centralized power plants, burning more coal or diesel fuel to generate electricity, but solar. Thank God. You know, like Denmark. I mean, they are, aren't they? Um, they have a lot of wind. They have mostly they, yeah, wind there. But, but they, they, okay, yeah, I know it's dark in the winter. But um, their mandate is 90% uh, renewables. They're the they're doing first very well. country, I think. And we think. can all do more. Yeah. yeah. They're, Denmark is doing incredibly, and we need to follow that example, certainly, Someone honey. I agree. come in in Puerto Rico and use them as an example for the rest of the planet. Wouldn't that be lovely? And well, Elon, Elon Musk, Elon Musk. Is the, the, you know, he's the Thomas Edison of our time, right. I think. And so I, I really uh, respect his offer and I'm grateful for his offer to advise and help people if people want to do that. And I think they do. I think solar would be a good way to go in many applications around Puerto Rico. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. I was there in Ponce. In 1962, going into 1963, that kind of holiday period, and I was uh, blown away by the the people and the beautiful land, and now it's devastated. We all need to help them. We absolutely, but you know, there's a lot of need out there, and one big, another hot topic right now is gun control. I mean, what af- what happened in, in uh, Las Vegas, you know, I mean, what's it going to take? What is it going to take for people to wake up? to have more restrictions on guns. I I personally am not for guns. I've lived in two countries, England and Canada being 
uh, you know, these countries that have extremely tight um, and strict gun laws, which they're... I remember the first week I lived in Toronto. This was about 20 years ago, or 25, because we've been together that long. Um, I was living in Toronto, and I heard on the radio it said, we have had 72 murders. And I thought, wow, 72 murders a week. That's amazing, because we have a lot more in L.A. And then they said, a year. And it just floored me. I'm like, what? How is that possible? If guns were supposed to make us safe, they're not doing a very good job of doing so. So um, we have more guns here than any other nation and uh, more guns per capita, and it's just not making us safer. So it's something we need to begin with the easy pickings, like, you know, bump stocks, and but carry it on from there, and more background I checks. Even, not that this guy this guy would have passed and did pass all background checks, and he bought them legally, right. apparently. So I don't know what you do about that. But how did he that. not have a red flag that he bought, what, 38 in one year or something? I mean, there needs to be regulation. There needs to be strict, because we, we, we live in a different time now. We're not fighting the British anymore, folks. It's not reloading a musket that takes, yeah. you know, 30 seconds to reload. It's so, a different world. Yeah. Now, even, listen... Even Republicans, even country music stars, even people who have been staunch, staunch, you know, gun, uh, advocates. gun advocates are are coming and, and waking up, and they're a, saying a that, discussion yeah. about it. Good, good. After you know, Sandy Hook and this, we need to do something. Well, we have to do more than discuss this. We have to take action. Well, that's how you take action: is you have a discussion. I know, but I'm time people. for di- discussing is over. We need to have some regulation. So. God willing, you know that they, they will they will put their money where their mouth is, and Congress and Senate will vote for stricter gun laws. One can only hope. We can only pray. You know, this has been a rough week in so many ways. Not the least of which is we had a memorial this week for Harry Dean Stanton, my dear friend of forty five years. We lost I him know. on the fifteenth of September, just before I turned sixty eight years old. He hung on, boy. He was ninety one. And let me say before I get maudlin about Harry Dean. Sign me up is the words I right, that I leap agree. to mind. 91 years old, and he had 90 and three quarters incredible years. Because he was still doing the crossword a- puzzle. Doing the crossword. I would go in there with the jumble of the crossword in the hospital, and he would do it sometimes. And even the last few months, it was supposedly, I'm saying they're bad, 90 and three quarters, great years. The last few months were still filled with joy and love. Chris Christopherson came in to visit him, and Jamie James, and, uh, you know, uh, Foster Timms and Rebecca me De Mornay and, and a lot Rebecca of De Mornay, all his friends and but Logan. But his friends, and, what was more importantly, but can you imagine what Harry Dean, how old he would have been had he not drank and smoked? He, he did it his way, honey. like a freight I'm not train. I'm questioning it. I don't, I don't smoke. I'm not promoting smoking, but I, you know, he convinced his body that smoking did he not did. cause cancer or emphysema, and his body listened to him. Until so I don't know what didn't. to say to that. And he did but sort he of die But he had a great of, life, and uh, you know, we will miss him. He's my dearest friend for 45 years. Who am I going to call every day about the crossword? I know. I can't roll my eyes and go, really? You're taking that phone call? We're out to dinner with somebody. And it's like, wait, Harry's, sorry, guys, just wait. He'll be back. He's just giving Harry some information on the crossword or wherever it was. We could have been at the we White have, House and you would have taken a phone call from Harry you Dean. You can't not take a call from Harry Dean Stanton. We miss him. We love him. And, and, and I, how I knew you were talking to Harry Dean is you'd be screaming in the phone, Harry! Because, because he, he was yeah. hard to hard of hearing more so than me if that's possible but he, his legacy continues through this wonderful movie called lucky that's out there done by logan Sparks. you're in it too i'm in it too drago really and, and logan you're very wow did you hear that no i just take said note it of this i want to subpoena uh, these tapes are you these will you make she any actually, extra money if people go see it no you're, you're really okay well you're no you were actually really good you play wow. his doctor which Banner is ironic Day. well let's get to fred yeah. and mary our dear oh, friends yes. fred Willard and Mary Willard, our favorite couple, two people we love very much, Fred and Mary Willard. Fred, yay. yay, Fred, yay, Mary. Fred, of course, a comedian, funny man on stage, film, television. Sky high career includes cult classics like Waiting for Guffman, which I was not in. I'm bitter about that, by the way. <laughs> I fought to get you favorite. in there. I know you did. You stood up for me. This is Final Tap. I was in that, of course, best but, in show. But let's go back to Waiting Anchorman, for Guffman, the, okay? Because that was okay. my favorite one. Actually, I'm going to roll with his credits, but take a second. Go ahead. Take a second. Oh, Anchorman, which I wish I was in, one of the best movies ever. Modern Family, I love that show too. Want to be in that? I'm really bitter about all these.
these credits, to yeah, be honest. Really Everybody Loves credits. Raymond, Tonight Show with Jay, Jay Leno, so many more. Lovely Mary, sketch comedy workshop she runs called the Moho Group. But Mary in her own right is an is a author. Yes, she is. We're going to get into that. They're involved in many good charities, good causes for decades. We're blessed to have them in this world, blessed to have them today at our dining room table. Mary, Fred, thank Yay, you for coming. Mary. Thank you Happy for asking. Yeah. But I, I really want to know Mary's credits because I'm, you know, I know you, Fred, but Mary. I could cite some of them, but you go ahead. No, well, d- go for it, dude. <laughs> Her many plays. Yeah. We've seen plays in all Elvis parts of and LA Juliet. and beyond, and we love them. Elvis, what do you, okay, so uh, thank you guys for coming yes, here. Yes, Rochelle. And do you guys Happy fight to be here. quite as much we as we never do? fight. Never. Not ever. Not, not, ever. No. not a crossword. <laughs> <laughs> we should do therapy. We do it for you. Exactly. We do all the fighting for all you the You know that's no. not true. My motto is a fight a day keeps the doctor away. That's right. Exactly. It's like steam pressure. If you don't let little, exactly. let little puffs out, then there's going to be a big exactly. rupture and an explosion. Yes. That's the key, I you think. You got that right. Now, how long have you guys been married? It will be 50 years oh, next March. No we want way. That. You couldn't Can we be, be married? 50. We could be married. No, 50. shush. Bite your tongue. <laughs> Take that, that back. sounds kind of good to me, but you, you should see her face now. It's a podcast, ladies and gentlemen, but she's got a very cursed oh. look on her face. She's all puckered up, but not in the way I had hoped. Yeah. Okay. But Mary, of course, Saturday Night Live. Didn't you work at Saturday Night Live? No, I didn't. She didn't, but she no. should have. No. You should have. I've watched yeah. almost every episode. Okay, I'm going to <laughs> But I think it'd be great. Let's start telling people I worked. I think so. No, but I did write for Fernwood tonight. That's right. You wrote for Fernwood. I knew you were right. I thought you wrote for Fernwood. Much better show. One of my favorite shows ever. I love Fernwood. Martin Mull, Fred, fantastic. Yeah. That's right. Great, great. Dennis Klein was a writer on that too. Yes, he was. Yes, funny guy. Dennis Klein. I can't think of who all the writers were, but Alan Thick was the producer, and he was the, right. he was the acting producer. God I mean, he bless really wrote, Alan. Produ- we loved Alan. It was terribly sad. Very, Very sad. way too soon. Terribly sad. Yeah. And Harry know. Shearer was a, a writer. He and Martin would write Martin's introduction uh, monologue, which was always hilarious. Always he great. Did? Harry Shearer, one of the funniest people we both yeah, know. Yeah. We love Harry Shearer. Mm-hmm. Get to work with him often. Thank God. Yeah. Okay, so more importantly, what about you guys? Um, how did you well, guys I want to tell you a story about oh, Harry Shearer, oh, who I love with all my heart. But Harry sat in a cubicle next to me at Fernwood tonight, and Harry would come in every day in a bad mood. And I have a normally cheerful outlook on everything, and I will by the attest. end of the day, I would be in a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now, if anyone that doesn't know Harry, he's on The Simpsons for, uh, I think it's 10,000 years now, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's gone like into 20 their years 20, or something 20, like over it. Over 20. No, it's yeah, over 20. It's 30. No, but I think no, it's, it's Not 30, honey, but it's 20-something. Here you no, go. It feels yeah. like 100. Anyway, he plays numerous roles, which, of course, I can't write. Does anyone know what he plays? Mr. Burns. He plays Mr. Mr. Burns and many others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's always Ned. I think he does Ned, doesn't he? That's he's right. in he Spinal Ned, Tap. Yeah. He's in the he's the of bass course, player. He's the bass Spinal player right. in Spinal Tap, and so. he has Le Show, the wonderful That's program right. Le Show, the radio. Hawking anyone else's podcast here. It's not a podcast. It is too. Now, oh, now it is. You're is right. It? You're right. Oh, no, it's good. It's a good show. I'm sure you already listened to it. And he's so married to the wonderful Judith Owen. Judith Owen, Judith the, the incomparable Judith Owen. Right. Boy, what a songwriter she is. What a performer. We love Judith yeah, Owen. Okay, wonderful. enough with the healthy marriages. <laughs> what you want me to talk about? You? Should I list your credits now? Will that get you Talent. out of this bitter state? I wish you could see her. I know, but you know, I mean, so you two are artists who work together. Yes. And live together. Yes. So are we. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm trying to get some hints of some tips here to not kill you one day at a time. So you worked together. How was it working together? Is it fun? It's probably because you do a lot of that, don't you? Well, there's two sides to this. <laughs> there are two sides to that. I will tell you that the f- when I wrote Elvis and Juliet, I wrote it at a theater that I belonged to. And the actor that was playing the Art Leslie character, which is the, the lead, his brother died the night before the big mm-hmm. reading, mm-hmm. and I'm crying and crying. What'll I do? What'll I do? And my friend said to me, "What about Fred? What and about I Fred?" Said, I said, "Fred, look, look <laughs> at him, just like Elvis." Never occurred. It never occurred to me. Well, the character was very New York, very Brooklyn, very you know. And suddenly, Fred—that's not Fred. Anyway, so then we did the play at the theater at the Improv for almost a year. And every week we would drive over Laurel Canyon, and every week we would have a fight on the way home. <laughs> Brilliant. Because I... Sound familiar, honey? Yes. We worked... I did one of Ed's plays. I was often very upset with the actors, and he always defended the actors. Well, yeah, so. because Mary, now... I- 
okay, you were wrong, and Fred was right in that yes. case. So there you are. Yes. Now, how did, how did you guys meet? Oh, that's interesting. We met in San Francisco when I went there on vacation in January of 67, or I think 67, and he um, was performing at the Hungry Eye with his mm. ex-partner. And uh, performing stand. What? I'm trying to think of who introduced Sketch, us. Oh, I can't Sketch think of his comedy? name. Dave Fry. Oh, David Fry, the impressionist, introduced us. Is this before Ace Trucking Company? Uh, it was yeah, before yeah. everything. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It was 50 years ago. Oh 50 my God. years oh ago. Oh my God. <laughs> so you were like before. I was pre- 12. Yeah. Exactly right. Wow. Yeah. I had worked the first time at the Hungry Eye uh, with Barbara Streisand. That's good. And most people didn't know who she was. She, but she was starring on the bill, and we came in, uh, my partner and I. It was, the team was called Greco and Willard, and there was a, uh, a singing group on uh, called the Apollas. Then Barbara Streisand starred for three weeks, then she left, and then we moved into the headlining uh, role. But uh, The Hungry Eye then, that was after Mort Saul and right. everybody... Had played there, so it was a very famous club. Very famous club in that and, day. And but Barbara Streisand wasn't worldwide known yet. She had a big triumph at the Blue Angel in New York, right? So it's it quite interesting. She was very charming, and so yeah. What did you think? What did you think about Barbara? People. She had just had. She had that hit. People. No, no not she yet. Did, uh, it's funny, girl. Ha- no. Happy days are here again. Yeah, was she her did big anything. Oh my God. song? And I remember that her her last Saturday. Her voice went. She did the first show, and she couldn't get through the second show. What year is this again? Um, 68, 67. Or oh, how to be before that, Fred? It was before people, that because we met. People was oh, ahead. Oh, no, when I worked with Barbara Streisand. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. before I met Mary. Uh, 64. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Wow. 64. People were 65 or something like it. Yeah. So it, yeah. it wasn't people. It was called Funny Girl. No, okay. no. People. People, 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 people who need people. people. Wasn't that from Funny Girl? Yeah, it's from Funny Girl, but the but name there's of the a song title to the people. song, honey. I know the title. <laughs> See to the, the music song, man. The songs have titles. Seventy six trombones is not the name of the musical. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But this is what I go from through the every musical. day. And I think I read somewhere where they wanted to cut that song out of the the show. Yeah. People who need people. Oh my God! I, every Broadway show, there's some tune that some producer wanted to get yeah. out. Yeah, like in uh, um, the Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Somewhere, Somewhere over the rainbow. Let's right. get rid of that song. <laughs> Funny thing happened the way of the forum. They Which didn't one? have this song That's comedy right. tonight when they opened. They put it in later because people didn't realize it was a comedy. They needed to get out there yes. and get people aware of the. Well, maybe we the should song. do that with our show. Yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't even help if we did no, at the end, honey. So. It doesn't no. matter when you do it. It's, it's a comedy just be tragic. tonight. <laughs> yes. Okay. Tragedy tonight. Yeah, but okay. So, so you work together, which I relate to. Uh-huh. What is this Mohos? Because I haven't seen it yet, and I probably should be seeing this. Well, mm-hmm. the Mohos is a... Something you're doing now, right? It's our 20-something year. God, we should it started, Mary was in a, a, a group down in West L.A. that they, they did uh, dramatic scenes. People would write little short scenes. And it was a wonderful thing. You'd come in and pick actors to be in it, and then they'd say, come back in a week, the actors could get together and be off script. And, we, and, and so Mary invited me to come down and, and sit in, which was great fun. And then after a couple of months, Mary said, you know, we should do our own group like this, mm-hmm. only just have it be comedy, not drama. Um, which is much harder. Comedy to is so much funnier. To do a funny, no, to do a funny sketch, you can do a dramatic sketch there can be ten different opinions on whether right, it's a good, right, right. whether it's a good I, drama. That's why or, I like it. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, streetcar named desire. You loved right. it. You hated it. It's yeah. a bad. Ver- but yeah. comedy, you know, pretty quickly if your right sketch away, is if funny. It's, uh, getting laughs um, or not. So we started. We said, let's go. We went to the the, the theater on Lancashire, which is called. It's the NoHo section, North Hollywood. We've right. been there. Yes, and there was. We started in a very little tiny theater. And they were trying to think of a name. I think it was just before Christmas, wasn't it? Right? It was just before Christmas, and the man we were renting the theater from suggested that we call it the Mohos, as in more laughs. Mohos oh. at the No Ho. And it sounded kind of Christmas like. We needed that something. Sounds, Moho to, so. sounds very Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. There's so. a group you were part of in the 70s, honey, when you were Mohos. friends with a lot of musicians. Exactly. I think called the Mohos. Okay, we always needed Mohos. Um, so, oh. say, speaking of your career, so how did you start 
in, I mean, like, let's take us back, Fred. How did you start in your comedy career? What happened? How did I start in comedy? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm getting suggestions here. Oh, uh, let's see. I'm, I'm trying to... Uh, How did you know you were funny? I got... I, I've never really found out if I am or not. Uh, I went to New York and went to found an acting school that actually put on little scenes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't want to study... Uh, Great literature or theater yeah, yeah. or anything. Yes, I understand. So I did that, and uh, I, I met this other guy. His name was Vic Greco, and I, he made me laugh. We started coming up with sketches to do for some show that was going to be on a, a, a sketch show, and we'd go in and, with a new sketch every week. And finally, the guy who was putting on the show said, "Let's not do that show. Let's concentrate on your material because we had a whole by this time an hour and a half." Wow. And that eventually led to us working in coffee clubs uh, in downtown New York, you know, in the village. Then came the part where we auditioned for a summer stock. Uh, at a place called Green Mansions in upstate New York. Yeah, yeah, I know Green Mansions. And um, we got the second banana spot, which is usually going to be one person. The first banana was a comic named Larry Wilde, who was very funny. And then we did, uh, we were hired. So instead of $100 a week each, we got $50 a week because there were two of us. <laughs> wow. But we 10 weeks up there, it was wonderful. It was repertory. We would, they would do a, we did... Um, a sketch night, we did a, an opera night, we did Candide, I did a Jules Pfeiffer play. Uh, it was wonderful. And then in the daytime, you'd, you'd play tennis or have, you know, be out in the sun. And it was great fun. In 10, 10 weeks, getting $50 a week, I was so rich by the end of the 10 weeks. <laughs> I had, you know, uh, almost $500 <laughs> and then back to New York. But, but it was a big step. It was a very big step because I was working. I went to New York, and I got a job in a credit company, and I found this place that, that, where, where you could go out one day to, to get re credit reports from different places, so it'd be a good excuse to get up and put on your jacket and leave the, the office <laughs> yeah. in case there was an audition someplace. Exactly. Aren't you smart? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you could go down to the village where they advertise a play, no pay, no fee, and you go down, they were lined up out onto the street and around the corner. And I said, this is not the way to go. So anyway, my partner and I decided to uh, get together and do comedy. And then, so it was a big step to leave the safety of an office, because I was making over $85 a week. <laughs> what year is this now, Fred? Uh, this would be late 50s, maybe 60, 61. And finally, this was 62 when we went off to do um, Green Mansions. And then... I was cut loose, and there we were, and we started doing these comedy clubs, folk clubs around the country. There was no right. comedy clubs. We always come in and open for some folk group, um, but it was a lot of fun. Then we got to go to the Hungry Eye, which was a big deal. I forget how we got booked there, but that we, was a big club. Of course, it was, a, it was, was a, the the big club, yeah, the big one. Um, Did you play like the main point in Bryn Mawr, those kinds of no. clubs, those smallest clubs? No. I played a lot of there those. I um, played a lot of Playboy clubs. Yes. Oh, that's Three all. shows a night. A that would pay that, pretty good, wouldn't it? Pretty good, but they were very <laughs> tough for us to do. We did sketches, and there was a whole group of comics who would just play the Playboy clubs, and they did very well, but you never heard of them outside of that. We, we played a Playboy club because we'd been... I think we did the Hungry Eye and killed like for a month. Then they booked us into the Playboy Club two weeks later, and it was just playing to people who were eating dinner and ordering drinks. It was pretty gruesome. So there were two different books. Uh, to play the Playboy Club was a, 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 a definite skill you had to have yes. to play for that audience. Uh, the Hungry Eye was people would come. You could do offbeat humor. Smarter people is what yeah. you're saying. Well, yes. not, in a different way, <laughs> yeah. more... more Today, there's, still, there's still, you know, there's Jerry Seinfeld and then there's Chris Farley's comedy. You know, who, right. who's funnier? Who's right. funnier, Chris Farley or Jerry Seinfeld? Don't ask me. Larry the Cable Guy. Is right. he funnier than yeah. Jerry Seinfeld? Yes, he is. But Seinfeld, who's better? It's all your, your opinion. There's right. different kinds of laughs. But I remember making that kind of money a little more than that in like the late 60s, early 70s. You'd go do the Ice House of the Troubadour. And you did get, it with Michael Richards. Yeah, I had a duo oh. for a while with Michael oh, Richards. Oh, did you? Yeah, that's a story in itself. It I'll sure have to is. talk to you sometime about Michael Richards. Yeah, I've known him forever. Very, we went very to college. Fun. 
very funny guy, one of the best physical comedians yeah. that either of us probably yeah. know. Amazing yeah. talent, yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Everybody at Valley College wanted to be Michael Richards, especially me. But we we'd never got bookings together. But then when he went off in the Army and I went off on my own, and you'd make like $200 a week at the Ice House or 300 at the Troubadour, and that was big money back yeah. then. I, was, yeah. I felt like I was rich making yeah. two or 300 sure. bucks a week. Sure. But now how do you make a transition from doing stand-up or you know clubs to going to TV and film? Well, um, we started to do TV. Um, like variety shows or something? Or? Yes. Um, we did a lot of like Merv Griffin and The Tonight Show and... Yeah, yeah, Ed we did Sullivan. Merv Griffin. We did Ed uh, Sullivan. We did Ed Sullivan. Wow. We did five Ed Sullivan shows. Oh, we had a uh, we had a sketch about my partner was interviewing a baseball player, which is me, who had set a record for the most times not getting into a game. <laughs> that was my record. <laughs> and the premise of the of the sketch was that he he had a lottery ticket. Someone was going to win a, a a baseball glove for the kids. It was a teenage kids show. And I pulled out the lucky number, who was going to win the baseball glove, and it turned out I pulled out my own number. And he says, well, that's funny. Toss it back in, and let's spin again. And we got into an argument about, no, I fairly won this thing. <laughs> that's the premise. So anyway, we're on the Ed Sullivan Show. It was our, it was our funniest bit. And it was, the, it was the week that he announced the, um, I guess, the Collier's Magazine All-American football team. So was, he brought out each player. From Stanford, left end, Johnny Jacobs. From at quarterback Sam Kowalski, halfback Hugh Fink, and now Greco and Willard. <laughs> oh Jesus! So the audience thought there are two other players, and so we oh, came out and started this sketch, <laughs> and they were really puzzled. And then we're interviewing this player. We're interviewing this player who has set a record for most times never being in a game. So the audience, I guess, so it, it was pretty much of a, of a, a silent five or six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so later, you know, years later, I, I said, we must have really screwed up. And I, I saw the video of it, and we, we did it perfectly. It's just the audience was very yeah, confused. set up is everything. And Ed Sullivan, I mean, it was the show at the time, Ed Sullivan. It sure was. It was a great show to be on, very prestigious. If you scored on the Sullivan show, you were, you were uh, really made. If you scored on Johnny Carson or Steve Allen... You you moved up in the folk room, you know. You, you, you <laughs> right. might headline the Hungry Eye. Yep, yep. Or the um, I forget the name of the club in Chicago. Not Mr. Kelly's. The Oops. step down where Lenny Bruce got arrested. And uh, oh yeah, I can't remember the name of it either. There was a club in St. Louis, and uh, there were about five or six of them around the country. One in Vancouver. So you were like on the road with these. On the road a lot, yeah. And this is all before Ace Trucking Company. This is yes. And then uh, I got cast in Second City because they had seen me. The people, the producer and the director, had seen my partner and I. We'd already split up. We we broke apart. It was very frustrating. It's very hard with two people. I know the feeling. It's yeah. It's very difficult. If there's five or six, it's just a fun. You know, let's have fun. Democracy. Yeah. yeah. Or one. But they, they asked me to audition because they'd seen me at this club in, in Chicago. And I hesitated. And finally, I went to make a long story short. I, I spent a, a year at, at Second City in Chicago. Then I started getting just jobs. When I, I, I'm not sure how in, in L.A. You know, get a call, come in and do... Uh, well, one thing was you did Little Murders. Oh, yeah. For the Jules yeah. Feiffer, beautiful right. play. Yeah. Where? That play. In New York? In New York. Yes, at oh, the wow. Circle in the Square. Oh, sure. Directed by Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin, right. Yeah. Wow. He'd and that led to a, a lot of jobs. Yes. They like it when you have some, you know, some uh, experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great, man. But so, so you're, you know each other at this point, right? No, mm. you did not. Not yet. I was performing. Uh, it's about no. the third time my partner and I were there, and Mary... I guess Dave Fry uh, introduced us, and uh, I, I always say this: she doesn't believe it. She was the prettiest girl I'd ever seen. Well, so I, I put on a big front. Yeah. I, said, <laughs> I said, "Come on!" And I, I remember she, she mentioned she had a red dress. I said, "Oh, come in tomorrow night and wear the red dress. I'd love to see you in that red dress." Next night, she came in with a white dress, and I was so annoyed. <laughs> but I have my little. You didn't play request then. No. No. now did you? Still don't. Still don't. I, I have my little 1967 Rambler convertible, and I, we drove all over San Francisco yeah. sightseeing. And I still have that car. She wants me to get rid of it. <laughs> you figured out. No nostalgia at all. No. How do you like that? But okay, so 
So then you get to LA, and how did you get with Martin Mull and Fernwood? That's a big. That was the first time I was aware of you. Yes. Well, they someone called me and they said we're doing this show called Fernwood Tonight. I think Mike Kagan, Michael Kagan, wasn't that his name? There were several people who claimed that they recommended me. They someone said it was a takeoff on the Tonight Show. I'd be like the Ed McMahon. So I started suggesting people who I thought would be better than me. And they Humility. Said, they said, well, just come in. They said, look, uh, I, I, oh, I'd already done a pilot for some space comedy, a sitcom. I was going to be a sitcom star. And they said, just come in for the week while we do dry runs just to work out with Martin Mull. And I'd seen Martin Mull perform on stage. And I said, he's very unique. He's very funny. Well, I laughed so hard during that week of, of just dry run-throughs that at the end of the week, I went to Norman Lear. I said, I changed my mind. I think I'd like to be in this show. So that, that's how that happened. Norman wow. said, okay. Anything? Yeah, yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah. So um, the first show, they had Martin and me sitting next to each other, and I would move down the couch, and the guests would sit like uh, next to Martin. And after the first show, they moved me up, so I stayed next to Martin all the time because we hit it off very well. I was yes, a huge yes, that's fan right. of his, and I still you am. You needed to be right next yeah, to him yeah. for the, all that to play. Fred did a job the other day. And two of the producers didn't had never heard of Fernwood Tonight. Well, they were probably all of twenty. What were yeah, they? but still, come yeah. on. If you're in comedy, you better you know do about your that. homework. Yeah. Yeah. Comedy, especially no- comedy, yeah. comedy yeah. 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 Well, amazing. It's amazing how many things are forgotten. There was a thing on King. That's of Queens. why we're here talking about it, Fred. King of Queens, <laughs> where someone mentioned the name Robert Preston, <gasps> who to me is one of my favorite Broadway Hero. stars. Me too. Absolutely. Me too. And uh, the actress said, "Well, if I." I couldn't do that even if I knew who that was. And this, and this was, was 20 years in ago. the early 90s. <gasps> I mean, it yeah. seems to me Robert Preston should be known through the ages as the music, music man. Music man. So. The like, only music man. Yes. But it's amazing how young people who are in our business don't know names from the past. Mm-hmm. Like Al Jolson. Who's Al Jolson? Who's, uh, who's the guy? Ed Begley. Ed Begley. Exactly. Bed- we had a bit yesterday on Arrested Development with the Keystone Cops. And nobody under 40 knew who the Keystone Cops were. Yet they were in the... Were these the writers or the actors? (laughs) These were just uh, background people. Well, they're they're background people. Because you should... I mean, I know who... uh, um, I know who Abraham Lincoln was. (laughs) Exactly, me too. Damn it. Do your research... Yeah, What's we went out. To, we went out to dinner with a with a couple of people. The the guy was a producer at Warner's or something, and and I mentioned High Noon. And he said he'd never heard of it, and I actually got angry. And I said, "You have to watch High Noon. Exactly. You cannot, it, leads, it leads to everything. everything. I mean, twenty four. Everything is High Noon. Exactly. You know? I had the pleasure of meeting one of the Keystone cops at that Hollywood Comedy Club. They yeah. used to have a place on Highland at the American Legion Hall. They had they a thing still every. Do. Uh, they still have the Hollywood Comedy Club there? No, oh, and they have the, the American I, Legion. I, I doubt No, the American <laughs> Legion Hall is there. The okay. is, that milita- is that that military-looking building? Yes. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one on Highland. Yeah. Kind of they, scary. If you're a little kid, it'd scare you. Yeah. Exactly. My <laughs> and dad and who was there? there? One, of the, one of the Keystone cops. I got to, oh I got to meet Burt Wheeler of Wheeler and Woolsey. Wow. I met... Uh, I think we've lost half the audience right well, now. Well, but it's, it's part a, of no, comedy it's history. It's, it's part of film and comedy history. I don't remember seeing Wheeler and Woolsey, but I know their name. They were before... Like Chip like, and Dale, that kind of era. Yeah. Yeah. Very important. Probably comics. in the 30s. Yeah. Vaudeville stars. Yeah. And the, went on to do films and other things. Yeah. And yeah. Popular I, in the 50s as well. And you watch them and you think, oh, this will be old fashioned, but they're always funny stuff. You always see, going funny. way back, we're almost out past the silent film era. You see these comedy teams and say, damn, they were funny. They had some funny, you know, Smith and Dale, funny I stuff. I remember. I remember seeing Milton Berle when he was very old. He was 80-something, late 80s perhaps. I can't remember how long he lived to be, but he was doing some benefit thing. Yeah, and he I got was up there, there yeah, it was funny. at the Beverly Hills yep. Hotel, and he killed. Killed. All caps, yeah. underline, bold yeah. lettering. Couldn't Just, walk, but he killed. He yeah. could barely <laughs> get up there and went, wow, how's this going to be? For yeah. him to get up on stage, yeah, he yeah, started. Yeah. He took his time. He just yeah. punished the audience. It was yeah. just fantastic yeah. to watch. Yet, yet, why did he go out of style? I mean, it, it's just these, it's amazing me, particularly in music. Now, these groups from the 70s and the 80s are starting to make a comeback. Yes. Kids are discovering some of these groups. Because we won't that, stop singing them. That's yeah. why. But Milton Berle, he was the hottest thing in the world. People stayed home on Tuesday or Thursday night just to watch sure. his technical. And suddenly he, he became old fashioned. 
But you say he killed. Why, I mean, why wouldn't he still kill? Did I he not do TV? Do you think he didn't transition? Because that's where the no, obvious... he was trans- one of the biggest stars. On I mean, but TV moment. like acting. See, you were able to transition to acting. Yeah. Whereas some people just aren't actors. Rickles, too. But Fred and- was never stand-up. So, so yeah. you did it ass-backwards, well, is what well, you're Milton saying. Well, Milton did a very big dramatic role in a movie called The Oscar, I think. Yeah. That's yeah. correct. He yeah. did yeah. But things just go out of cell. I remember me thinking at a time that Jackie Mason was old-fashioned. Then he made his resurgence. In the 90s. Huge. And, yeah. And we went down to see him. I said, my God, is he funny. You, I know you've seen Professor Irwin Corey Oh, my perform. God, yes. You've seen him do the bit. He gets up on stage. He did it at the American Comedy Awards. And he got up there at that George Slaughter thing. And he has some index cards. And he stands there, silent in front of the thing, shuffling the cards around. And people starting to get a little uncomfortable. <clears throat> He clears his throat. He shuffles the cards some more. And he goes, <clears throat> and he spends three minutes shuffling the cards and preparing to speak. And finally says one word. He goes, furthermore, and the place you're yeah. long before that pounding the table. Yeah. And he gets to his one word in the sketch, which is the word furthermore, and you're then weeping, begging yeah. him to stop. Yeah. It's amazing, the craft of these guys. Yeah. The yeah. craft. Yeah. <laughs> From doing it over and over, over, and, and, over, over. and over and over, in the cat skills and in little da da and these little in the, the folk houses. And right. now, Mary, you are from where? Chicago, What's your? Right? I'm from Massachusetts. No, see, I knew she was. She's I'm getting everything park wrong. Park the Every- car, not the car, the car. <laughs> see, there's a difference. I know the accent. Yes. When I go to enough St. Patty's days at your house. That's right. To know. That's the best thing about being from Boston. <laughs> <laughs> we like to celebrate. Uh, yeah, we like to celebrate. Yeah, Irish I, I, um, I have Yankee tendencies. Yes, but I'm not a Yankee anymore. I'm You're, California. So, so am Me I. Too. Yeah. So you you married a comic, but were you into? What did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a writer. So From that time never... I was a little girl, I always wanted to be a writer. Wow. So, so you just fulfilled your dream. Yes. I Well, I did, yeah. Um, well, we got married and had uh, Hope, our daughter. Lovely and Hope. Uh, lived in New York, and then we moved to California. And then after years of struggling and trying, you know, I finally, actually, Steve Bluestein and I got hired to write on a TV series. We what were, a funny guy so, yeah. he is. Oh, yeah. boy. What series? And he's also from Boston. So the two of us together. That's perfect. Yeah, Park the car. Very wicked. We're wicked. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called A Year at the Top. It starred uh, Paul Schaefer mm-hmm. and Greg Evigan. And the premise was they had sold their souls to the devil for a year at the top. Oh. Mickey Rooney. Mickey Paul Rooney, Schaefer. who we got rid of very oh, quickly. Right. <laughs> I actually did an episode of it, Did too. you? I was this kind of uh, John Denver kind of a guy who had sold his soul to yeah, be yeah, yeah. a famous musical star. And, uh, and then when Norman came back from the Bahamas or wherever with a tan and watched the run through, he went, we're not doing this. What? We're not doing the show. And he like pulled the plug in the show. Do you remember that? Norman who? Norman Lear. Lear. Norman Lear. Norman Lear. Oh, it was Lear show. Oh, Lear wow. Show. Well, it was, you know, it was about the devil. And I remember we got a letter. <laughs> we got a letter from somebody who said that not only would she never watch A Year at the Top again, she would never watch anything on CBS again. We laughed. I'm still laughing, thinking, was that 60 Minutes is gone? <laughs> yeah, You're not right. going to watch Carol Burnett? You're exactly. just, that's it? You're done? It was a funny show. A I thought it was hysterical. Show. It was a very funny show. I don't, I, I don't know why it failed, but it... It was a very some of the best things don't make it. Yeah, I remember Norman. um, That's my career right there. Some of the uh, best things. I had written a a script that called for a British actress. Very clear in my head that this was British, and they cast Fanny Flagg. Oh, geez. Really? So uh, poor Fanny came in and and did the part, and Norman came in and says, "Fanny, it's not working." He fired her (laughs) in front of people. Wow. Was Meatloaf in that show? No. No. I don't know. It was Julie Cobb. Julie, our good friend Julie, Greg I Evigan. saw two nights ago. Right. Greg Evigan, Paul Schaefer. Oh, and, and the devil was Gabe Dell. Gabe Dell from the Bowery Boys. Oh, the, right, right. That's right. Yeah. Wow. This is comedy history so, here, folks. Yeah. I know none of it. But, anyway, so, but so you were writing on the show. Yeah, so. yeah. We were, we were script, you know, writers. Yeah. And we did that, and then I did a few other things, and then... Then I was pretty much told I was too old, so I started writing plays. I started writing plays because of Carol Mora. Do you know Carol Mora? I know Buddy Mora's wife. 
Yes, I met him through She you. took me out to lunch, and she said, Mary, you got to write a play. you got to write a play. you got to write a play. So she had a class, a playwriting class. Mm-hmm. So I took, took it, and she gave us an assignment, and the assignment was the family business. Go home and write something about the family business. And I drove my car on the 405, and I said, oh, it would be funny if, if Elvis impersonation was the family business. That's funny. And I wrote Elvis That's and Juliet. Right. Funny, funny. And it ran for a long time a long in the time. improv. Yeah. But see, here's the Not deal. Not just there. We went to New York. That's we right. Went, you went all over with places, it. You went on yeah. tour. A lot of places. What was the play we saw to the east? Uh, <laughs> you were in. The in Fred Upland? Was in. Yeah. Yes. That was so funny. It was like a murder mystery. Oh, Death Troop. Death Troop. Death that was troop. fantastic. That's right. Death Troop was a funny But see, play, here's the yeah. deal. They yeah. can, you know, ageism is real. It exists it in this real. town very, very, very much. Real. And we need to do something about that. And that's what we do. But what we don't do is give up. We just... Mor- right. morph into something right. else because right. if you're a creative person you must be creative right so that's the beauty and a lot of people do give up you know mm-hmm. which is good because then i'll get a job finally <laughs> maybe i don't know well i'm not taking any work from you Rochelle. <laughs> <laughs> you're both blondes and beautiful that's yeah. true. there you go there you that's go. true well maybe you'll write there me you something go. but no that's and there's no excuse so we must because i think creativity is the uh is the soul is the only hope for well, this of planet sure yeah that's when you feel most alive yeah, mm-hmm. but you guys do a lot of charity work too for we Big do. Brothers, Big Sisters, and other groups. Well, now I work Farrah for Fawcett. the Farrah Fawcett Foundation. Yeah, wonderful yeah. organization. Yeah. And Mary is the president. I'm She's the always president. the president. I'm Mary, the president. she Not never always. just Not always. works. She's like, I'm running the show. <laughs> She's good at running it. She really is. She's I'm got the good boss. organization. Well, it's skills. one of those things you realize after you've done enough like particularly theater and television that nobody knows anything. That no. you're really. You know what you want. Just go ahead and do it. Right. You have to be nice to people. No, you do. Yeah. But usually they don't know. Any. And I, one thing I found, I found this to be true about critics of television, theater, movies, records. If it's a good review, they don't know anything. And if it's a bad review, they don't know anything. I really and truly believe that. I, don't, I read the premise of the movie, and then I go see the movie if I like the premise. How interesting. <laughs> I think you're right. Too. I know right. I'm right. I'm 100% yeah, right. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Well, it is also subjective too. It's personal preference, and you know, whatever. That's yeah. that is art, mm-hmm. um, and it's a sort of a silly thing to have critics. But I guess we have to weed out. Right. I don't know. No, you know? no, I know. I understand. I understand their role, and I'm not saying that I'm not diminishing their role. I'd like I to diminish their role. Though. That you have to take everything with a grain of salt because exactly. if they love you, they usually love you for the wrong reason. That's like Ed and I. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh-huh. I grain love you of for salt. All the right reasons, honey. I know he You're does. smart and funny and beautiful. How am I doing? Is she buying yeah. it? <laughs> So far, <laughs> but now okay. Speak. Talk about the Farrah Fawcett Foundation. Uh-huh. What do you, so it's a cancer cancer raising funds for. Yeah, we raise funds for research for the cancer. cancer Any research. kind of cancer or no? Um, mainly women's cancer. Mainly anal cancer. Right? Isn't you that on me the to say right? that, no? Didn't you? Because we were at a fundraiser the other night, and Tommy Chung, who is very out. You know, forthright about his cancers because he's had two prostate, and then he got rectal cancer. But rectal cancer That's and different. anal cancer are not different. the same. They're not. I thought They're it was the same part They're of the body. The it's the same part of the body. It's not the same thing. Wow, what's no. the difference? Uh, I can't tell you that because this is a I, secret. My no. doctorate hasn't come through yet. I'm yeah. not officially a doctor <laughs> yet. <laughs> <laughs> but but I do know that they're different. And really? and anal cancer and throat cancers, a lot of uh a lot of HPV uh, tongue cancer and yeah. all is HPV related and can be stopped by the by the vaccine. If you vaccinate your children between the ages of eleven and twenty three, they won't get cancer. Yeah. How do you like that? Yeah. It's pretty simple. And if you don't smoke and you get the HPV, that's something like eighty percent of the cancers will be wiped out. Wait a minute. Repeat. Well, say that again. If you don't smoke and you get the HPV vaccine, not not you and me, but the people that are young, cancer will be 80% wiped out. But HPV... That accounts for 80 Because it counts for so much. Not like breast cancer or so something much. like that. Cause, cause but I, smoking causes a lot of cancer. Yeah. Well, cancer, cancer is horrible, but we also live in a very toxic world we now. We do. Extremely toxic. We so we must, you know, if you don't go live by a freeway and if you don't, right. you know, uh, you know, drink water that's not, you know, whatever. I mean, there's like, so we, we do have to 
um, change yeah. and we have to detox because a we lot do. of us are just walking cesspools really right. I mean we're the human experiments mm-hmm. right now so there's a lot of what about being in a toxic relationship <laughs> yeah, well, that, that doesn't help that, did that help stress doesn't help does it wear you down in any way I'm just curious yeah. how that works <laughs> yes no so you both have received a, a big sisters when you were with big sisters big brothers but you're not now no you, you took it to the heights. You mm-hmm. received accommodation from the city in mm-hmm. Villa Ragosa for your outs. Now, she is the outstanding humanitarian philanthropic work. She, is that right? I'm reading That's this. That's accommodation <laughs> from Antonio That was actually Villaragosa. for Fred Willard. Oh, okay. It was. Well, that's what it says right here, but there was a comma. So, so we are going to be honored um, in October 21st at the Cerritos Center for the Performing Arts by 3D Theatricals, which is a very big theatrical. In fact, they do fabulous work. You what should really it? go. It's a, you know, they do theater, but they do Broadway quality theater, really fabulous that's work. a great place yeah you mean cerritos here in la cerritos. Cerritos. Oh, in cerritos it's a beautiful playhouse but they're honoring fred and me fred and me and is the that woman, how you say it fred and me fred and me oh, and the woman who uh, got inv- us involved in it was used in one of my plays she was in holly jolly christmas and <laughs> And the advertisement is we're honoring Fred Willard and his wife Mary. <laughs> but of course, that's and I went is. absolutely well, nuts. I, I said, "Wait you. a second! Exactly. Did you forget how you know me?" Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, listen. Can we talk about this because we are the wives of the the plus ones? Well, it happens to men. Hold on, too. honey. I'm it talking. Happens. Just give me one second. I'm t- I got something to it say. It happens to men, but not. It quite does to happen the to men, but it's but it's such an interesting thing that this particular thing. The person who was doing yeah. it, you would I think, had put in a play. You would think. <laughs> it is Cerritos and it is theater. You would think, you know, I get it. I if it's, know. But I know. Academy Awards, but, you know. Anyway. I know. She came so. up with the idea, Rochelle did, of Living With Ed, that show we did. I gave her none of the credit and she got none of the cash, oddly. That was <laughs> Somehow she didn't get anything out I of it. I actually <laughs> didn't. The bragging rights that I'm saying right now that she did come up with the idea. I didn't come up with the idea. Joe Brutzman came up with the idea, but he was smart enough to come to me. Right, right. And say, would you be open? He knew you would get it done. And I said, well, right. I would be open to anything, uh-huh. as we all know. Like you hear that? Bro- uh, like doing a podcast, you browbeat me into doing it. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so I would be open to anything, but Ed will never, hear me again, never do this. But uh, Ed is people pleaser, and he took a meeting, and which is a good thing, mm-hmm. in a January when it was a very slow, it was a slow mm-hmm. work week. And hence, he said, okay, come back on Friday and we'll shoot some stuff. We shot for 12 hours, and Ed, at the end of it, said, no way am I do- going forward. I couldn't this imagine is- doing it. To get 10 minutes for a scissor yeah, reel to spend all day, that times three... Three days like that, I said, no, I'm not doing it, you know. And then they said, just wait till we edit it together and see what you say then. They edited it together. And it was so charming and yeah, funny it and was, was informative, great. so we but had I, fun. But I still like had to keep going. After I right. doing it, I wanted to do it. Right. Yeah, I right. just keep going. Just calm down. So I'm sure you have well, to play that role. She has all the good not only that, like but you. the secret to everything is to say yes. Exactly. I mean, you have to say yes. Yes. This one over here, I can't tell you how many things he said no to. <gasps> oh, my gosh. It's, it's just endless. And... Thanks to me, he keeps saying yes. Yes, <laughs> one must have that plus See, you have one some good to ideas, get them. Honey. I do, of course, I do. Now, how long did it take to shoot each episode once you got it being shot? When we that? actually did it, it was two or three days a week. We would work some some weeks would be busy. two or three full days. No, no. Oh. two or three, two, like one full day, another three quarters day, and then a half day. Okay. Some weeks would be three or four days. Right. You know. Three half days in a full day. It that was, was rare. Okay. But had, they had all this other stuff to shoot. We got a recycling plant. They go to the right. recycling uh, plant and shoot for a day or two, you know. <laughs> and we're talking about it, yeah. doing the lead-ins and the outs. Yeah. And that was, so it was a pretty easy job, actually, right. when it, it came so down to it. It was so easy. And then everyone found out how easy it was. And then they started doing the Kardashians and things uh, like that. So we had nothing to do with <laughs> people doing shows like that. I mean, people, the Ozzy Osbourne was doing the show before. No, I know. We were the second. We were the second. I don't know that we were the I know we were the second. It was Ozzy was the first. We were the second. And maybe there was somewhere around the world they were doing. But it's the truth. But you aren't a train wreck. I know, and people but you know what? I train could, I could do. Well, so, I am a train. wreck. You think this isn't a train wreck? Hold on a second. I've never argued with you, Mary. Now but you for go. Christ's sake. Now you got something going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
We are a train. This is a catastrophe. You spent time with us. How dare you say that? Would you step outside with me for a minute? (laughs) (laughs) But it was about something, too. It was about something bigger than us. And that was what's important. And, of course, I've never lost sight of the dream. And that's why we're doing this podcast. So, you know, I know how environmentally active you both are. I we are so environmentally <laughs> acted that whenever you guys come over, we pretend we do things. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're friends with us. That's funny. There's yeah, exactly. a start. Exactly. Hence, you have to. I always apologize. You feed us. But we did. Well. We did. Uh, tear out a lot of lawn okay and you. other stuff we cut down on our water tremendously thank See? you for that we do a lot we do a lot good yeah. for you and we're very good to animals you're very good to animals sure i know are. that for a while yeah you know, we're connected to a lot of animal charities Peter, actors and others uh, for animals actors and others actors for animals. and others and what's the farm sanctuary yeah. great organization yeah, I work with them too and kitty bungalow kitty bungalow oh, what's that hold on a minute kitty bungalow don't even tell me I have to best. have a kitty kittybungalow.org I believe oh, it is no. you will scream at the website it's the best she calls herself a, the, the mistress the, the head mistress and she has a a ruler in her hand, and she's and correcting she's the, kittens. the kittens. No, she's correcting no. the kittens. You know, it's all. Oh my god! And gosh. she, she, in five years, Fred started doing their shows for them, and in five years, they managed to actually buy a house <gasps> and and outfit it, outfit it with. Um, they've got incubators, and Aww. each they made it so that there's each room. Is just for one mother cat and her kittens. Oh, it's just so. Fred did their shows, and so he's doing our show. Maybe someone will listen to our show then. Well, of course. Could be. Yeah. I'll, that's all I'll talk about for you know. <laughs> Thank you. What are you doing? Just came from the Begley. That's right. <laughs> now, Fred, we have we cannot. I you know you you're illustrious to career, but I have to find out how did you meet Christopher Guest? Well, for starters, well, originally I was in this this play, Little Murders. Uh, that Alan Arkin directed, and Christopher Guest was in the second company. I, d- I never really met oh. him, but they, they were the understudies for our show. Um, his mother was a very famous casting director. Gene Guest, yeah. Gene yes. Guest. I mean, if you went up to meet with Gene Guest, that was a big deal. Big deal at CBS. Yeah, CBS. Um, then I, I think I, I, was, I was put in um, Spinal Tap. Yeah. Got a part of Spinal Tap. Uh, Which was in like 81 or something, right? Yeah. yeah. So I met Christopher Guest there. Well, also because of Harry Shearer. Because we were friendly with Harry Shearer. For yeah, oh yeah. Um, That's yeah, right. makes yeah. sense. And then the next thing I knew, he called me. He was going to do Waiting for Guffman. Well, that was a, a big That was yeah. a My big favorite jump. of all of them, and I'm not in it, so you know I really well, like it. Well, the best one. I fought like hell for you. I know and you they did. kept saying, are you, you serious? Did. Come on. Cash, too. You <laughs> gave, want people you gave to come him some money, this. which was very yeah, sweet yeah. of you. Well, you know, they give you a million, but after taxes... <laughs> it's not... <laughs> state and federal, then your agent, your manager, you <laughs> pay everybody <laughs> off. What are you gonna... I'll do it for nothing if you want to say snow. No, but anyway, in between, I did a movie that Eugene Levy wrote and directed called Sodbusters. And so I think when they came time to do uh, Waiting for Guffin, Eugene Levy and Christopher Guest were the writers. Yeah, they were. And I have a feeling Eugene said, hey, we should get Fred Willard for this part. So I was called in to, to meet with Christopher Guest. What a great movie. Yeah. You're so great in it, Fred. It was really. You it, are it, thank you, thank you. It's Best a lot of show, fun. all of them. You're just amazing. And it's the kind of movie we thought, I thought, well, no one's going to watch this, but I'm working with Catherine O'Hara and, and Harry Shearer. And, and um, uh, it took about a year and a half for it to come out. Yeah. It did because he had to edit it. That's yeah, he probably. edited it, and the, and the Castle Rock didn't know what they had, and then finally he came up with uh, Best in Show, and then they they got they on board. They were rocking Best yeah. in Show, boy. Speaking did, of speaking of great scenes, I still quote the scene you did in Best in Show, yeah. where you were the, the desk clerk. Oh yeah, and who could Catherine O'Hara and, Catherine and, uh, and uh, yeah, and Eugene came in to and get Eugene, a, came yeah. in to get a room. Yes. I've asked you before. Was that that? I'd like to think that was, I can't believe that was totally improvised. But it was so perfect. You were so perfect as the, as the bellman who was giving away the. Uh, yeah, he he has a nighttime job as a bellman. So. <laughs> oh my god! And then when Catherine O'Hara mm-hmm. asked where the bathroom is, that you put her up in the utility closet. That's that right. Oh yeah. Was Ed's finest work. Oh, it was. And she and where's the bathroom? Well, you have to go downstairs to the lobby. And she, all she did is a. Oh, oh, all right. That's a wonderful <laughs> scene. She, she's so wonderful. God, well, you were wonderful. I mean, thank you, you, always, you, you always amaze me in those. Uh, thank you so but much. But I think it was a Jim Pittett who said, 
was something about, I don't remember, were we talking to Jim and he was saying, oh my God, he didn't really know what he had when he was working with Fred, you know, because Jim is, he was like, like I'm not, what, is he really going to do that? And then it was just comedy gold. It was something like yeah, that because he was he was jet lagged. He'd come over from that's London. Right, yeah. That's right. And was supposed to go back and he, I don't think he was too happy with, because when we started, I just started talking and talking. <laughs> just one of the best um, runs ever. Each yeah. time when I cut back to you guys, his look and what you were laying out there was just such yeah. brilliant. He says, is he going to do that? Fantastic. Is he going to do but people ask me, they say, well, he's a regular dog show yeah, guy. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Right, I thought, how brilliant of Chris yeah. to get a real dog show yeah. guy. That's how good he was. No, it was because I remember, because Chris was in the in the kitchen not too long ago, miraculously. He appeared in our kitchen. I don't know how that happened. No, he was in the valley. He came by, and, and that's where I heard that he was talking about Jim and that You're scene. You're correct, he was talk, uh, that's, I heard it from Chris. And Jim yeah. is now working with Christopher on some of the latest projects. That's right. They're writing them together, the yeah. treatment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. another great He's, team. Well, they I sure hope are. there are jobs for you and Ed, but then again for Mary and myself. So there you are. I said it. We'll get back to you, honey. Just do you have an, uh, There's no more online stuff. that We just we want the physical CD or DVD now, right? Oh, it's so sad. It's so sad. Okay, well, Fred, I wanted to ask you, because I know you do a lot of funnier dies, and I, that I love funnier die. Um, and I tend to just focus on the internet because that's only people that will employ me. So I was curious, how do you have you done more stuff on the internet? And what do you, do you have a feeling about um, the internet? Well, what's what's kind of disturbing to me this whole thing about uh, now when they want to cast you on the show, they see what you tweet, and how many how, followers you have, how many followers you have, which is is kind of uh, depressing <laughs> that they judge you. It's like the, the judging you for your size. You know, will you fit the costume? Yeah. Right, How right, many right. tweets do you have? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you can tweet like hell, but are you going to do the job? Uh, I've done shows where you're going, please tweet your appearance on the show. Well, I'm not too much of a tweeter. I'm trying to think what I'm going to say. Okay, but that was why I was going to ask. Would you please tweet about being on this show? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yes. <laughs> and do, you, do you think it's like the golden age of television? you think it's like early TV right. with the, this new internet phase with uh, Funny or Die kinds of things going streaming right away? You see oh, it becoming probably, big. It's just changing radically. You know, we'll look back. Uh, it's already it was going from three networks to 150 networks. And yeah, it, it's definitely changing. And uh, a lot of us are having trouble keeping up with yeah. it. We just still think if we learn our lines and uh, do a good audition, we'll... Uh, or have a funny story uh, on the on the uh, at the desk. Uh, right, we'll be asked back. Yeah, it comes down to that, doesn't it? Well, God, if it were really, if, if if I really thought it was just about getting my followers up, I'd do something to do that. But I, I don't, you no. can buy them, honey. You can pay can? somebody in Indonesia to buy can them. They're like really? a dollar a piece or something. Yeah. Well, you I'll can. tell you about followers. I don't know. Ed has had a wonderful career. I remember the first time I heard of Ed. I think We're I was talking doing, Ed Begley. Ed Begley. Okay, um, just curious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first Family, a movie. And we broke for lunch one day, and all I heard on the set, Ed Begley's coming over for lunch. Ed Begley. Begley's going to be here. Ed Begley. Everyone on the set was, I, I said, who's Ed Begley? I'm not quite sure. And that's, I think, when I Is first met you. You were shooting in Griffith Park that day. I came I think by. So. I remember it was outdoors, yeah. That's right. I was there and I came to visit Buck, was there maybe that Buck, day. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly it. I went it, by yeah. to see Buck and you, and I was a big fan of yours. I met you with uh, Patty Deutsch or somebody. I met oh, you yes. with George Memoli. Yes, and, uh, and Ace, Trucking, Ace Company. Trucking Company. So I was uh, smitten that I was meeting Fred Willard. So yeah. that was a big thing for me and meeting you. I was worried about Ed Begley, you know, because he's so difficult. So he causes such a scene. They thought I was going to cause a pitch a fit on yeah. there. Movie, not even my movie. They thought I was going <laughs> to shut it down for styrofoam. He had cups. demands for an, our movie, and he wasn't even. I in wasn't it. even I in know. it. But Buck Henry's a good man. That's what I mean by, by being networking. You've got someone like Buck Henry, yeah, uh, Dick Benjamin. You know, saying Ed Begley's coming. That's that's very good. Good stuff. Very good. That's a good networking before the. I internet. cherish that right now. That's very good. Thank God they're still alive. Thank God. So, um, do you follow a particular diet or stay conscientious about what you consume? Yes. <laughs> well, I like to know what people do to stay alive. I mean, it's important. We all have to, you know, it's hard out there. Well, we eat, I think we eat really well. We, unlike yeah. you, we're not vegans or even not vegetarians, vegan. but That's we right. do eat 
She's an omnivore too. She eats, oh, is she? Uh, yeah. We eat a, a lot we try, of vegetables. Though, don't we? we don't we, Rachel? We try. Yes, we, we do. try. We, we do, do try. Indeed. Yeah. I yeah. follow a very strict diet, and I I, I, I kind of fail. I always have a dessert after dinner. And then watching TV, another dessert. Yeah. And then before bed, maybe another Isn't dessert. Isn't that funny how TV Whatever makes you hungry? Whatever you're doing, it's working. Look at how yeah. good you both look. I know. I know. It's sort well. of... And on social media, I am on the corner of Ventura and Sepulveda uh, <laughs> <laughs> with my bullhorns. Keep saying, people aren't interested in your opinions. <laughs> Quiet! And I have posters, you know, I hold up. Uh, we are all. Do you guys do social media? Yes, Mary of course. Does Mary much. does. Mary, you're so smart. He's yeah. got a Twitter page. What's your Twitter well, handle again? Well, Fred is his Twitter is. I see you on. I see you on Fred Facebook. underscore Willard. Uh huh. Let him, let her say okay. it uninterrupted, okay. honey, please. At Fred underscore Willard. Great. Okay. Now, is there a the Facebook page? Yes. Uh, what's that Fred called? Willard. <laughs> Fred Willard. There you go. What if they want to know from you, and then, Mary? Well, there's Mary Willard. There's Mary Willard. Yeah. We we live separate lives. I know, separate but equal. It's, well, it's <laughs> just like us, right, honey? Just like you two. Yeah. But, but I know, I know about that. you follow me on Facebook, and I, I follow do. you on Facebook. I know so. what you were doing yeah, last week. I know exactly what you yeah. were doing. Yeah, and then Instagram, do you do that one? I do. I like Instagram. I didn't think I would. I ended up liking Instagram. What is it that you like about it? Um, I don't know. I think because it's so, <laughs> it's so innocent. It's just kind of sweet. It's there's like, no, here's a picture of a well, cat. Yeah, but there's also no politics. or. Oh, yeah, there's no know, politics. There's That's none true. of that. It's just sweet. <laughs> I like that. Let right. me try it then. That I like, you're not I like dogs it. and cats and yeah. people having... Cups of coffee. <laughs> Just, I know, and they're, what they're eating. I like. Well, to see you know, what it's like, the first time I did it. The very first time I did it, I took a picture. We were having uh, Valentine's dinner. And the table looked so pretty, but it was so funny because there were just these two little plates and two little glasses and this huge table that nobody was at. So I took a picture because I thought it was funny. And I can't, I think we had like 600 people that I don't know of say, course. oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> so... Well, wait a minute. Let's get back to... Wait a minute. Yes. You had a Valentine dinner at your home that you prepared? Yes, I know. I know. This is shocking. I just... Yeah. Are you hearing that? You're so funny. Okay. All right. I just have to... I do all the cooking here. Why don't you take over one night on February 14th? Can you do that one night? Oh, that's so sweet. He's never cooked anything to my knowledge. I love Have you? Not? No, I don't. I don't cook. When I go out of town, one, one year I was away at my writer's conference and Fred and I were on the phone and he said, I didn't understand. He said that the, the um, swordfish isn't cooking. And I said, well, what are you doing? He hadn't turned the oven off. See, that's me, Fred. Thank so you. for 30 minutes, it's <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, we've got wait. some snacks for you if you want a little nausea. Oh, okay. Thank goodness. All right. Well, anyway, this has been fabulous. Thank Delightful you. as always, always to talk with you guys. We love you both you. very, very much. And you much. did, I want to reiterate that you said we were your favorite couple. Oh, that's you right. are. I want to make sure there that people right know there. that we've written down. It. We actually just improvised that line. So that's, <laughs> that's true. No, it's very true because you're, you know, you do it with humor. No, if you're going to stay together at all in any town, but especially this one, yeah. you know, you must take it in. You otherwise, it's you know, it's not good. It's just not good. You're right you know? about that. And uh, you know, and tomorrow is a new day, mm-hmm. Scarlett O'Hara. Right? That's what she said. That's what I love about Gone with the Wind. The, my favorite line is, I can't remember it, but I like that. Okay. Tomorrow There's is like another Columbo, day. Columbo leaving a room, her leaving a podcast. Okay, like okay. I hate, I hate endings. Is she done yet? One more what thing. Can I, yeah. say? <laughs> I hate endings, and tomorrow is another day. Well, it's all over. Let me tell you right now between you and I. How about that? <laughs> that I could deal with. All right, but saying goodbye to Mary and Fred is hard. Thank you both anyway, so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, which bus do we get? We're in Encino. Is that the ninety? The two forty. Yeah, or the one fifty. Either of them go right but down. One fifty after transfer. No, we can take the the express. I'll take you down to Laurel. I'll run you down the electric car to Laurel and Ventura. You can get the red bus, the express. Okay. It'll only stop at the main streets, Woodman and Coldwater and Van Nuys, Sepulveda. Then you're home. Okay. You have to great, walk a little great. way, but it's okay. I wouldn't leave you. I wouldn't just leave you on the street. Thank you. Well, I guess I will leave you on the street at Loyal Adventure. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Now, you're offered to take us home on your bicycle. Would require two trips, one for me and one for Mary. That's true. Exactly. Yeah. But so I'll uh, put a cushion down so the okay. handlebars won't All hurt right. so bad. It'll be an, an adventure. It's a beautiful day. It will day be. We'll go down Moore Park. I'm not going to take you down Ventura. That's too dangerous. Okay, thanks. And then I'll, I'll have to go Burbank, though, come in the back way. 
Dude, that's how to top off a podcast right there. There it is. Yeah. See, there you are. We got five minutes to do with the improv. Open mic night, Monday night. <laughs> I should be so lucky to do it. I ever tell you about the time that Ed Begley took me home with my cigar? <laughs> I'll tell you. Getting Hot Wheels was passing us by giving us a finger. <laughs> Fred and Mary, that was so much fun. We loved having you over. There's some great points that you made today, like uh, working together as a couple to, to have the joy that we certainly have as well. <laughs> no, I mean, you can make all the laughter no, you want, but we I actually know. do enjoy working well, together. Well, I mean, I think it's... It. Our, it's Should we not tell people no, that? No, 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 I think it's... They what, do too. They obviously love working together, and so do we. No, obviously. I think it's our, a highlight of our lives working together, because otherwise it's dismal. No, no, no. I mean, I don't mean that seriously. I think we do better working together, don't you? I, th- I think so, too. Yeah, I think the sum is greater than the separate yeah, parts. Yeah, exactly. Another good point they made, creativity is the only hope. It makes you feel great to be alive, and it gives you a reason for enjoying this wonderful life. Yeah, because otherwise there's just so much darkness going on in the world. I mean, if you're not... You've got to think of creative ways to, to overcome and to stay... You know, I think the arts is the salvation of the planet. And also the other one is say yes to opportunities you think might be good in the long run. Yeah. People right away go, no, I've said no to things at first. And then you, like, uh, you know, Fernwood Tonight, Fred, of course, was first was resistant to doing it. Then he did it. And look how, how great that turned out. I mean, out. how many times do you remember the things you said no to? And you go, oh, if I had only. Wish I'd done that oh. one. But then mostly the things that you say yes to. Um, if you're still alive to talk about it. Um, we are- said yes to each other. That worked <laughs> out pretty right. well. And it's the first tenet in uh, improv is say yes. All right. That's all for today. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed it as much as we did, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating for our show or a review. And if you have a friend or family member who would enjoy these conversations, share the podcast with them. So do a little, do a lot. Just do something today and tell us what you did. Have a great week. Bye, everybody. Thank you to our executive producer, Tim Street, and producer, Emma Kikuchi. This podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.